That's like I said, parents just want the most. And you'll find a lot of time in the autism community, especially, is they're willing to pretty much do almost anything to just try to get to the basics. We just want our children, most of us, when you look at it, most of us will always just tell you, we want them to be as functional and independent as possible. Yep. That's what I say every time. I don't care if he's a rocket scientist and I don't care if he has to live with me the rest of his life. I just want him to be as functional and independent as possible in his life to feel like he has as much control over his life. And happy. Yeah. And be able to communicate in the world that yep. we live in today. All right, everyone. The Dr. Alex Show is brought to you by Shed Light Cold Lasers. And Shed Light Cold Lasers has been a game changer for us at HML professionally and personally at home. Personally, on a, on a personal note, I had a very bad bout of vertigo. And I got probably 85% there by going to a few different functional neurologists over the years to help me out with it. Then I bought this. And this is a game changer because one, it's portable. That means I can take it to the office, use it on patients all day, make sure it stays charged, come on home and then throw it in my pocket and use that home. And this is what cleared up my vertigo. Now, professionally, the way it's, game, it's uh, been the game changer for us in the office is that it has cut our results down by 50%. This can get used on just about anything, any disease disorder that you can think of, it can pretty much get used on. Now, as far as how it has helped us out, it's cut everything down by 50% on our times. So when we're working with our kids with special needs, uh, when we're working with our chronic neurological disorders, autoimmune diseases, to get those people into a good point that they're happy and that we're happy, times have been cut by 50%. You will definitely want to go check out shedlightcoldlasers.com or email Griswold at shedlightinformation at gmail.com, 518-338-6658. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Alex Show. And we have a new setup, if you can't see. And what I want to tell everyone real quick is our studio is in the old vault of the one of the old post offices here in Lee's Summit, Missouri. And what you're looking at is one of the back walls. And the owner of this uh, space, it's a shared working space, has all these cool radios. So now everyone gets to see them more. So first, uh, we're the first people running this setup. So we're, we're stoked. And today we got a fun guest, or I think it's going to be a fun guest. Uh, his name is Justin Long. And I'm going to let him open up by telling his story. Because not only is his entire family now patients, but Justin is a local business owner who owns an ABA clinic or applied behavioral analysis clinic right here in town. And we are finding ourselves working pretty well together to start things off. So what I want to do is just kind of pass it to you, sir. And why don't you kind of start with your story with you and your wife and, and your boy? Okay. So we'll see. There's times when I get a little teared up about it, but we'll go through that. Yep, been there, um, right. <laughs> so, we um, are local to Missouri. Me and my wife grew up in Lake of the Ozarks area. We Sweet. both have transplanted over the years to get to Kansas City. Um, our youngest child um, was two and a half to three years old. We had noticed a lot of milestones not being hit. We had the the uh, 
doctors who were like, oh, we'll grow out of it. And we were kind of like, oh, I think there's something else going on. We have two older children with no issues. So we were like, no, we're not where we should be. Um, we finally got through the Children's Mercy wait list, which is absolutely ridiculous. And every parent would know that. Mm -hmm. um, got the diagnosis of autism, um, severe, a moderate to severe. And just, uh, just for mm -hmm. some context, how old was he on that? I don't recall. So at that time, it would have been close to three years old by the time we actually got the diagnosis. Okay, we were which, almost three years old. Which is about typical. Yeah. Yeah. Because you start to see it around two. By the time you're getting through the six-month, uh, eight-month wait list, you're going to be close to three. Um, we did get our confirmation from that. Um, so then we began the daunting task of looking through the paperwork. So they, if you've ever been to any of the local hospitals for these kind of things, they give you a 40-packet or a 40-page packet, and they're like, this is everything you should know. Jeez. But they don't actually explain everything. But it will tell you in there to go see OT, go see speech. And then it'll tell you in the very end to go see ABA or applied behavioral analysis. So we got to look in, we got to searching. One thing I would tell everybody is don't search Google <laughs> about <laughs> ABA. Do not learn from YouTube from the 80s. It is completely different from today's standards. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, it, is it is definitely uh, grown and matured. Yes. In a great way. And there's a lot of ethics now that were not there in place back then. But it is that, what do I do now? So we slowly started getting everything. Children's Mercy can do OT. They can do speech. They can do physical therapy. One thing they can't do is ABA. So you have to provide. You have to find a provider. I guess I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. I've never paid attention to that. Why? I couldn't answer that question. I would say a lot of it has to do with probably staffing and resources available to them and then the space needed for them. Um, okay. As we get on, you'll realize, so we have a clinic, obviously, as you stated before, we're at about 5,000 square feet in our clinic Jeez. and can hold up to approximately 16 to 20 full-time clients. <laughs> so when you look at it that way, they'd have to have a much bigger facility to be able to hold. And then you have to hire everyone for that. You have to have your BCBAs, your RBTs, and we'll go through all those definitions. But I think that's why they don't get okay. into that side. And I think it's because there's the controversy in that side. So ABA has always had the controversy. Like I said, don't Google it. Don't look in the 80s. There was a lot of bad things that happened when it first started, as anything does when it yes, first starts. Absolutely. Um, same same then, for our profession. Right? Then you, you get, get Google PhD and chiropractic you're gonna find nightmares <laughs> exactly so we we began the task of finding a company we found one based out of kansas city um then all of covid so we got the diagnosis right before covid hit mm -hmm. in 2020 then we found what at that time then a lot of clinics were closing or doctors weren't seeing you there was a lot of issues there so we already had that uphill mountain right on the backside of getting the diagnosis. Jeez. We found a clinic that would do actually in-home, and that was pretty much what all of them were moving to so that they didn't have all the in-clinic issues that they thought they may have because nobody knew anything. Paying so, for a brick-and-mortar brick space. Yeah, and then they were like, well, I don't want to bring it in here because if it comes in here, then everybody could be infected. Sure. But if it, somebody gets infected in a home, it may be only one staff member. Yeah. 
So that was kind of their thought, which we agreed with at the time. Um, we began services. Um, anybody who would know my wife knows that. Um, so the back, I guess the backstory to us too is at the time I was working for the federal prison. I was a correctional officer for them. My wife um, is a nurse. Um, she is currently still a nurse at the VA, mm -hmm. um, is a nurse manager over there. So um, we were working opposite shifts to be able to make the, the in-home process work. So I would be home during the morning. She'd be home in the evening times for the, for the therapy. Holy cow. Two different therapists a day, eight hours a day, as much as we could get. Jeez. But we soon found out, as you slowly grow into ABA, is a lot of places have staffing issues especially when it comes to their RBTs, which is the registered behavior technician. That's the low entry level, but they're the ones that do all the one-on-one. -on -one. They are they're the, boots, the on the boots on the ground for okay. everything. So it's not always the highest paid job. It's an entry level job. Um, there is certification for it through the state. So they have to take a 40 hour course. They get certified. They take the exams. It's a very, again, new ethical way of doing things to make sure everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And then they're overseen by what's called a BCBA. That's a board certified behavioral analyst. They're the ones that go get the master's degree in college or doctorate. They do all the assessments on the children. They set up the plan goals with the with the parents. I'll put in quotes. Most of them get sure. parent input. Um, then the RVT implements the goals. Yep. And then the BCBA has hours that they're going to monitor and make sure that the goals are being met, stuff's being done. Um Depending on the company, it depends on what they're using for their products or their uh, software and how they collect that data. So behavioral analysis in itself is analyzing behavior. Yep. So we are there to analyze behavior, find out why behavior happens, and then modify behavior. Now we can do that in a variety of ways. So depending on the behavior, if it's bad behavior, good behavior, and different behavior, Sometimes a parent's view of one behavior and a parent's view of another behavior are two different things. So that's all things that we work with. Um, we, um, as we saw, we had issues. So staff wasn't always showing up. There wasn't always an RBT available. There wasn't always staff, uh, the BCBAs coming in to check and do our parent trainings for those hours every week. So we started to see issues almost immediately. But we're new to everything. We don't know. This must be the norm. Sure. And so as we grew, then with that company, we developed over the next year, we had a lot of issues, up and down issues. So it was, then there was the blame game of why this isn't happening. Why isn't that happening? Um, we looked for outside resources to also fill up time when they didn't have time. And then that became an issue. Well, you're not giving us time. And we're like, well, you didn't have time available. So a back and forth all the time, hmm. volatile relationship. Um, we had some great staff that would come in. They were absolutely, most of them were almost always amazing, always there, always wanted to care about the children. But you just had the administration part of it that was always lacking. And we finally, through a lot of trial and error, we, we looked at it. And finally, one day, we had gotten frustrated enough that we said, I think we can do this ourselves. Hmm. Maybe we can do this better. And so me, being me, um, at that time, I was also in my real estate. So I was already a real estate agent at the time with the prison. And I was like, I think we can just do this. We already know business. We know how to run a business. Let's just see what we can do. 
And so I started the task of searching. I found Success on the Spectrum. It's a franchise. Started out of Houston, Texas. Uh, Nicole Daher started it, founded it, and it was all started on her child at the time with autism, was kicked out of a clinic because she's too old. So... Oh, did her child... Yes. So her child is 10 at the time, and that was too old for the clinic. Come on. Exactly. You know, because it fades away at 10 years old. You just don't see autism anymore after 10. (laughs) So that was her thought was, what? Why? Right. We're making strides. Why are we stopping? Yeah. And so they were full-time in ABA. They were not using the school system at all. In the state of Texas, you do not have to go to school. And ABA actually can fill in for school. No kidding. In the state of Texas. In right. the state of Missouri, you do not have to send your child to school. Um, they won't send the police on you. Yeah. Um, but we don't fill in for school. Yeah. So if you choose not to go to any form of school, then obviously you're not going to graduate. Um, with some of our clients, though, they use homeschooling and other forms. Um, part-time schooling, some of the schools will let you go half a day and half a day to us because hmm. we kind of try to work together. Yeah. Like, let us deal with the behaviors that you don't want to in school. Um but back to her, she then looked at, well, maybe we can do this. So her story is ours five years before us. Her and her husband were like, let's just do this. So they formed a clinic. She formed it based on parent-led. We're very parent-led. We're very parents know the best about their children. Yeah. And we try to lead with the parent, giving us as much as possible. Um, her first clinic soon like filled. So she looked at opening a second clinic because is the desire as a parent, we also want to help every other kid. Yeah. We don't just look at ours and be like, I only want to help mine. We see all of them on the spectrum and we're like, as many as I can do. Right. So she opened the second one that soon filled up looking for a third. At that time, though, it's kind of hard to run three clinics efficiently. So that's when the idea of a franchise came out. She can still have the mold, but she doesn't have to be there. Yeah. So she can still keep the idea and the, the path moving, but not have to be physically there. Yep. Um, we are currently the 25th clinic. We're the only one in the Midwest, right dead center. Um, like I said, the only one in Missouri then, of course, we're the only one in the Midwest. Um, when I found them, I talked to their franchise management. Joe was like, wow, you are literally Nicole four years ago. Right. So he's like, you've got to talk to her. Well, Amelia was still on the fence. My wife, she's, I don't know. She's the money person where I'm like, it'll be fine. Everything works out. She seems like like such a driver. It's funny. I can't see her being on the fence, but. She was uh, just with, well, what are we going to do with this? And how much money are we really going to put out? And there's a lot of figures that go into that with business. Yeah. And I was like, let's just take the dive. (laughs) So (laughs) she finally, another incident happened with the company we were at. And she finally said, I think I need to talk to Joe. And I immediately am like calling this guy. Yep. Hey, I need a meeting like right now. You got to talk because we don't want this to fade. Let's just get her. Yep. She's already like leaning over the fence. Let's get her just fall over. Get, so get it while she then um, immediately then we talked to Nicole, the owner. Nicole um, talks to every single franchise before they ever she approves anyone before they'll ever even be allowed That's how it to start be. a franchise. Yep. So she went through an entire interview with us. We went through multiples. Um, just what our vision was, where we were at, what we wanted out of it, all those things. Because she doesn't want just some run-of-the-mill thing. 
Because yeah. it reflects to her, ultimately. Yeah. So, went through all that, um, started up, signed the franchise, started all the loans, started all the money process. Um, at the time, I'm a commercial real estate agent, so I just went starting to look for myself. Um, we found a couple of different places. One, we started with, and then a lot of the construction stuff didn't work out, so we switched. We're currently on Colburn Road right next to Kia mm-hmm. and across the road from Toyota. We're the second story. Like I said, it's 5,000 square feet. Um, we have close to 20 rooms in the entire facility to include a classroom, art room, social room, gym, slash playroom, um, multiple individual rooms in um, for each of the kids. Um, some kids double just because they're half days, like I was saying before with the school. We have morning kids and we have afternoon kids, so they kind of share a room. Sure. Um, so I can't say every room is individual because they're individual at the time that they're using it. Yeah. Um, then once we found the space, Nicole approved it. She liked what we were doing. We did the designing construction starts. Then we just start the whole process. So everything started, all the business decisions, all the rest of the stuff has got to come ahead. Um, it took us about a year. We got, we officially opened April 8th was our opening night. Um, and officially started taking clients on April 11th of this year. Okay, I was about to say so, it was 2020? 2022. So we started the process in 2021 in about June of 2021. Okay. And we finally opened the doors in April of 2022. Jeez. And it has been an amazing, so I transferred, obviously, out of the prison system. Now I run the clinic full-time as the office manager. My wife is the CEO. Um, like I said, though, she hasn't left nursing. She has that great desire in nursing, so she still puts in the time over at the VA. Yeah. Um, but... I'm there full time and it's absolutely amazing. I would have never thought how great it could be to like work with children every day. Now we worked with my own son, obviously, but then to see all the other kids do the same things, the growing steps, the everything that's going on. And then um, here we are, August almost. Mm -hmm. And then I guess, what would that have been? I guess she met Lauren back in April though. It was about March or April. It was about March or April of this year. Yeah. Yeah. So we've we uh, we partnership with OT clinics and speech therapists. We actually have some speech therapists that come in the clinic. We have OT that comes in the clinic, and we also send them down to an OT clinic that's also in the same building. So it works out waiting great in that collaboration. And then Lauren mm-hmm. and Amelia met, and then she was like, "Oh, you can't imagine what we do over here." <laughs> And it was weird because here we had lived this life for three years with autism, or almost three years with autism. It had never even heard of functional neurology, which we talked about. I was like, that isn't on the packet of paperwork they give me from Children's Mercy. No. And so <laughs> I was like, what? They do what? And so then, like you said, we are patients, so we come for chiropractic care. And then Lincoln, our son, is about to start with you and Lauren for the neurology side of it, yeah, which is absolutely exciting. Yep. And I have a multitude of parents who are like ecstatic to start the same process. Right. Because we, you know, um, as you said on the show before, you have the tree approach, the roots all the way up. Mm-hmm. Well, then is ABA is pretty much the leaves and the branches down. Yeah. It's how we function. So we're working on behavior. We're working on emotion where we lack some of the other. We don't really get away from primitive reflexes or gross motor or fine. We we manipulate it in. Yeah. But we're more concerned with you've got to manipulate the behavior 
to get them to do other things. Yeah, because they have to function at some level, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a mild, moderate, severe, or, or whatever they, or however you want to label it, uh, class one, two, three, or, or however you want to put it, because you, you eventually have to have the child to go to the bathroom, mm -hmm. maybe get their own water, maybe get their own food. Then request it, the language barrier. Request it, the language barrier, exactly. Um, Otherwise, you're just... Yeah, so we work as much as we can in language. We take as much from specialists. Yeah. But then this is a whole new avenue that we're extremely excited about because we think what we see, and even in Lincoln, is we have the top-down approach. And then we also, like I said, sprinkle in the OT and the speech and everything else we can. And uh, But I know there's gaps. Mm -hmm. And listening to your podcast and then us just talking in the office randomly all when I come in, we were like, I think we can fill these gaps. So that was like the whole new, yep. ooh, let's see what we can do together. Because you haven't really done it together with anyone, and neither had we. We were like, no, this is a whole new approach. No, no, we haven't. I, plenty of kids have um, come in, and they've been through ABA. Mm -hmm. um, trying to think of the last time we had a kid come through who was actively doing ABA. I can't recall. And that's hard. Because it's hard, because it's a scheduling thing. It is. And so with us, we had said, we'll get them there. We'll be there for you. Right. Um, which is what we do for all of ours. We want to be there as much as possible. We take notes for the parents. Then we do whatever is requested. Um, because we're not OT, speech, or functional neurologists. We're ABA providers. Mm -hmm. We know behavior. Yep. But we don't always know the best way of implementing how to talk or the best way of how to write, or the best way to neurology even. Just the study of that in itself, we don't, we know why behaviors happen, but I can't tell you on a on an actual scientific level all the way to the bottom why the brain does what it does. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of neat to look at your way of looking at it and then our way of coming in. So we, we're really excited. Oh, I'm stoked. Yeah, it's about to be a whole new experience for us to be able to do what we're about to do. So, yep. I'm um, even Nicole, I was on a conference call with Nicole yesterday and she was ecstatic that we're doing it. She's like, you're going into a whole new realm that the whole franchise hasn't ever ventured into. That's awesome. So, and I was like, well, we just want the most for our children. Well, and it, yeah. And it's, I can't say enough about that because as, as functional neurologists with what we do, to a degree, I'll admit, we start stepping on other professionals' toes. <laughs> we're we're working on primitive reflexes and gross motor skills and fine mm -hmm. motor skills. And then at HML, that's generally where we stop. But PTs and OTs can do that. However, in my humble opinion, <laughs> there are better ways of doing things. And every patient that comes in is there for a reason. And it's because they had already seen them. And the system got them so far, did good, but there's more to be had. Mm -hmm. And that's just because there's new ways of applying things. There's new research, there's new understanding. There's uh, things that we do in office as functional neurologists that's, it, the information has only been out for six months, which means it's not gonna reach a textbook for another eight years. Right. So I can't speak enough about how you guys are like, let's just, Get everyone involved and let's do everything. And the fact that Nicole, as she watches this, I greatly appreciate the fact that she's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And you're not just poo-pooing things. No, she's 
So, and I will say that about her. She has always been extremely supportive as a franchise owner. Um, and she loves us. So, <laughs> the whole Midwest, I will tell you, she's still partial to Texas if anybody worries about it. But, then um, I remind her that Missouri is much better. And that we stole Patrick Mahomes. So, yep. I kind of always take a at her. But she always has, had one in a while. He, right? Or Houston. or Houston. I mean, they're based out of Houston. Yeah. But I'm always like, you know, we're, we're better, right? So, but she is absolutely fabulous. She, like our conference call yesterday, when we started talking about other things, I was like, oh, um, we're starting this next week. And we haven't even talked about the podcast because I didn't talk to you until <laughs> I came in later <laughs> to see you. Um, but she was like, no way. I was like, yeah, we're going to do this. They don't mind us being in the office. We're going to bring the RBTs and the BCBA. Um, the BCBA will be there. Like the first Zach will come in and Amber are two BCBAs. Um, Zach is over Lincoln's case. So Zach will come in on the first appointment and then he'll come at the end. Cool. And that's kind of how he wants, like we talked to him about it because it was like he can start and he can help you with any like data you need straight out of what we've done with Lincoln lately. Cool. And then he's able to mark a milestone at the end based on what the RBTs are marking. Mm -hmm. And he can show you the data then too, the data that we've collected over such amount of time. That's going to be so So cool. he can be like, well, by adding this, we got this much further in this. Yeah. Because we're only changing one thing right now with Lincoln. So, well, right. I say one thing, but we're changing a lot. Yeah. With, but we're not, we're only adding one aspect in. Yes. But it does change a lot. I mean, between everything you've got us. Yep doing um so and then i have a bunch of parents who are like waiting for this like yep explosion to happen out of my child it's but it's gonna be cool um which is that's like i said parents just want the most and you'll find a lot of time in the autism community especially is they're willing to pretty much do almost anything to just try to get to the basics we just want our child during most of us when you look at it most of us will always just tell you, we want them to be as functional and independent as possible. Yep. That's what I say every time. I don't care if he's a rocket scientist, and I don't care if he has to live with me the rest of his life. I just want him to be as functional and independent as possible in his life to feel like he has as much control over his life. And happy. Yeah. And be able to communicate in the world that yep. we live in today. So. Yeah. Yeah. The... the the, the cool thing, and I think how it's going to happen just based on what I know about Lincoln and everything he does now, is for everyone that's listening and watching, Lincoln has been obviously uh, intensely been getting um, ABA um, in their clinic, mm -hmm. uh, success, success on the spectrum here, at least some of it. And then we're going to run them through a functional neurology program doing three to four visits a day mm -hmm. is I think what we booked, yep. maybe, maybe in five, probably four. I think just four. Either way, yeah, it's three hours total. Yeah. So, in the in the neurology world, the research. This is something I kind of spoke of earlier. A better way of doing things. The research shows that if you give it the brain what it wants, you have a certain time window that if you give it to it again and again and again without fatiguing it, your results are exponential. So, if you do, let's say traditionally you go and you see PT, OT or even a functional neurologist for your child's care two or three times a week, um, that's great. But if we do three visits a day, our 
experience shows that that's more like six visits over the course of two weeks. So the results can almost double. If not, you have a 50% improvement because of how the brain responds to that repeated therapy. And he's going to get ABA on top of what we're doing. And essentially you can imagine they're working on the top of the tree with leaves. We're working on the roots and then things are going to start meeting in the middle. So one of two things are going to happen. One's going to be really exciting, which regardless, he's going to improve. <laughs> oh, and of course. He'll go through a point where um, he, you probably won't see anything. And then after the program's done he, with us, he'll, he'll start to synchronize one of the last steps of development, and then you'll start seeing the results. Or like I had mentioned, which we could get him through and then he could tank because he's gonna because <laughs> he's gonna hit milestones. Yep. Um and then if that happens, then through heck or high water, we say get him back in so we mm -hmm. can keep running him through and then we'll get him back back out. Either way, he's gonna end up on top. And yeah, exactly it, it should be exponentially different. And and what I wanna do. Like I, like I always say, there's a secret goal of mine. Right. Yep. Like, like my over-the-top secret goal is to allow your boy to enter school next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we decided not to send him to kindergarten this year. Yeah, I guess we should kind of so tap on that. We did decide that. We, um, I guess I could put it lightly. The, we believe in our mind right now and, and what we see in the data that we have, scientific with ABA, that we can do more for him in the next year than what the kindergarten can provide right now. Sure. Just based on their goals of what they had set and the goals that we have set. Sure. Theirs were not to the same level as ours. We shoot a lot higher. And so there's just a lot. School systems can't provide everything. Um, maybe one day the public school system will let RBTs and ABA companies still attend with the children. Um, currently, right now, the only ones that do are private schools, um, mostly, again, just, driven just by money. Yeah. They do it because then they don't have to hire the para or anybody else to be with the child. But it's smart. The parents are already sending somebody to be there. And yeah. we're more trained. I've already told you the state makes them go through extensive training. They have to go through the 40-hour course. There's a pre-exam. Yep. Then they have to go through clinical time with the BCBAs to get all their stuff checked off. It's all sent off to the BCB. Then they review all of the file. Then they give their certificate number to be able to send them to actually sit for the full exam. Mm -hmm. And then they have to meet their credentialing education hours every year with the BCBAs and other outside training entities that we do. Which is far more than parents. What we do with the parents. Yeah. it's So I haven't understood yet. I know there's some reasons, but they're not proven reasons. They're my opinion. So I'll keep those to me. But yeah. I eventually hope that, yes, the public school system will wake up to that and say, hey, they can provide. If the parent's willing to pay for it, why don't we just do it and have this collaboration? Yeah. Because ultimately, we want as much collaboration we can with everybody. Yep. Just like your company or any of our OT clients or speech or any of those, we want to do the most for everybody. Yeah. For the parents listening, there's probably the parent that is new to mm -hmm. being in the world of autism and then the parents oh. that are veterans, the ones that are veterans are like, yep. And they know exactly <laughs> what they're talking about with the school. <laughs> the new ones are like, oh, okay, great. Um, yeah. And the best, probably the best worst answer is when it comes to schools, especially our local district, there's nothing wrong with it. 
it really comes down to funding. Mm-hmm. And then in my opinion, sometimes liability. And implementation. And then implementation. Yeah. Who's going to implement all of these goals? So there's a lot of stuff to work through. Mm-hmm. But if they if they follow that model, because there's a surrounding uh, private schools where um, our patients go to, which they have an ABA that goes with them all day. Exactly. Yep. We're able um, to send our RBTs into, it, into the private schools. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Because then the RBT or the BCBA. Mm-hmm. Which will, is both at times. Yeah. Yeah. Which could be both will completely be with the child all day long, give us input, mm-hmm. give the school input, and the child, we have yet to see a child not just astronomically succeed. Mm-hmm. I actually just talked to a parent who has a fifth grader, and she's looking at private school at that for that reason. She and came you, to us to ask what was the best opinion. If the school can and do it. I ahead. said I would go with a private school. If yeah. you want him to be in a school setting, which he's very high functioning and does fine academically, but he has behaviors and social issues that push him in a different realm inside the school and make mm-hmm. him kind of an outcast to other students at that age. Yep. Cause we're talking about 10 and 11 year olds now. Yep. So now they're starting to develop hormones where, and yeah. peer pressure. And, and so kiss, she's kiss seen that things. more and I'm like, you should push for private school. If you can do private school, I would do it. Yeah. Because yes, we can be with him at all times. Yeah. If that's what you want. And so she's looking in that process. Now we're getting her in the clinic. Um, which a backstory. I already knew this kid way previously before, before he was even diagnosed, I was a soccer coach for him. Hmm. So it was odd that it's come back fourth circle that here I am again in the capacity sure. with this child that I didn't, but we're looking at things that, we're always trying to be the most for the parent. And that's what we want. We ultimately always want to provide as much as we can for all of our parents. Yep. So we try to get these outside resources. We try to do the hard work. Um, and I guess you could even say put Lincoln through all the trials. Um, does that all also mean that he'll probably benefit before others? Yes. Yeah. You know, we're going to see changes in Lincoln. We already know that we're going to see those. We know that he's going to grow out of this because it's a new realm and a way to fill in some of the gaps that he already has. Yeah. And so then others can see, they don't have to just go off of what I tell them mm-hmm. or what you might have to tell them. They can just physically see it because they see my child in the clinic every day when they're picking up their child. Sure. So a lot of them already know my child. Um, one thing we have a parent like in our clinic, uh, I was doing an interview one day for one of our RBTs and one of my parents walked in, sat in the chair next to him in the office and said, Unless you're coming to be part of this family, don't go any further. Because once you're in, this is a family here. So I will say that um, we just had a parent event on Monday night. Um, We do a monthly parent training. And one every other month, it's a parent training. So it's more educational based on ABA. Um, And we try to get them to invite all the surrounding family around that child. Because they get their training every week with the BCBA. They go through things. We're telling them daily things about what's going on with their child. But we try to get the family involved in, too. Because grandma and grandpa are definitely not in the same. This is all new to them. Yeah. And so, and brothers and sisters need to know what to do. Like, why are they doing stuff that I would never do? Yep. Um, And then every other month on the opposite side of that, the other month, then we do, like, pretty much a social So at both of the events, your kids are taken care of by us. Instead of being in an ABA format, they still go to the back. They still are in the gym. They're playing in the playroom. They're going to the art room and doing projects. 
but we take all of your kids in. So it's not just the one that's our patient. We take all of your kids. So if you have five kids, then we're going to take the other four back there too. And it provides the parents an avenue to sit and socialize on those months, even in the educational one, because we just played Jeopardy on Monday. We hey. made our own Jeopardy game. Um, it's still a great social time. We provide food and drinks and everything. And everybody's just able to vent to each other. Yeah. We all are going through it. Yeah. Some of us have five-year-olds. Some of us have three-year-olds. Some of us have 10-year-olds. Yeah. So there's a whole different realm of, oh, oh I can remember back then. Or, so That's this so is cool. what I can look forward to maybe? Or is this bad that I see that? And do I have to worry about that? That's so cool. And so, like, we had an older mom. She's like, nope, that's probably not what you have to worry about because I got into this late. Oh. And so she's like, he had developed a lot of behaviors that just got too far out of control that now I'm trying to find a way. And right. so, and that's another thing about us. We, with the whole Nicole, like I said, that kicked her out at 10, it's not the same for us. We are diagnosis to the age of 18. The only reason we stop at 18 is because insurance says we have to. Jeez. So insurance at this time, Cuts off at 18. So hopefully that'll change someday. Right. Because um, like we said, it never goes away. Yeah. And even adults can benefit from understanding their behaviors. Maybe not in the same setting, but just providing classes that would be able to help them. Yeah. Um, right now, I send them all to you. <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated. Yeah. Well, we're, golly, this is already smoked by... Uh, I guess we got about three minutes because I guess you got to get back. Tessa. Yeah, so I can close up. Yeah, <laughs> that makes good. yeah. I need to be there with the parents coming in for. So, well, uh, I guess what I'll do is I'll say for anyone that's looking for good um, ABA clinics, go to successonthespectrum.com, mm -hmm. and you can read up on Nicole's story. There's even a video with her on there, um, as well as uh, other information, um, especially information about autism. Mm -hmm. And then, like Justin had said, majority of the locations are in Texas. They got one here, obviously, in the southeastern part of Kansas City, Lee Summit, Missouri, and then you said Detroit? So Detroit has one. Um, then New Jersey has a couple. Okay. Florida's working on one currently. Georgia has one. Um, Arizona. Then I'm working. We have a couple that's actually coming into our, our facility. They're opening one in Indiana. Cool. And they're actually SPED teachers. That are getting out of the school system. Oh man, they're because gonna, they're frustrated. They're going to get a whole so whole another. They're leaving the school system from the frustration of, of of energy. Yeah, yeah. So, they they can start doing things um, that way. Of the 25, 23 out of the twenty five are personally affected with autism. Yeah. So there's that, only two that are not personally. One is a doctor. That it was an area that was not serviced, and she was like, "You need to go get ABA. There is nowhere to go." Brilliant. So she kind of was like, how much do I have to be there? How much do I need to? And Nicole's like, well, I mean, you could set it up as much as you want to set it up. So she's not personally, but she's still affected because she's telling patients, she's, hey, I think you need to go get a diagnosis. She's in, she's like in she's, an underserved area. Yeah. And then she's people are coming back to her like, All right, what do I do now? Yeah. And she's like, well, you need to. But I. I guess there is none. So, so she did that. Um, I can't actually remember which one. That's her clinic. But I think she's another clinic in Texas. But like I said, most of us are somehow personally affected. Which is the way it should be yeah. um, in, in my mind because, mm -hmm. you know, yes, yes, these are franchises and yes, they're businesses. But mm -hmm. 
um, no better person to have running the place than obviously a parent who is is affected by it. Yeah, because you know, because you're whether it's been three years or thirty, you're in the game and, mm-hmm. and you know it. And every twelve months, this game can change because the the kids have new challenges. Mm-hmm. They have new new milestones to be met or COVID or whatever it is. The body's physical changes in them. Yes. There's a new, whole new dilemma of behaviors come out. Yeah. So yeah. Just like we see neurotypical 13-year-olds dealing <laughs> change, with. you're going to see the same in an autism child. Yeah. So they'll, they'll, just because they're on the spectrum doesn't mean that they're going to just somehow magically escape around no. teenage years. So. Yeah, they'll, they'll still hit their uh, teenage years and they'll still smell. and. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not there yet. Mine are all 11 and younger, but <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to that. We got two teens in the office this week, and like their feet stink, armpits stink, <laughs> and so. Anyway, well, is there anything else you want to say? Um, the same as yours, though. I would tell anybody who is an ABA um, client that they should be looking to functional neurology as well. Yeah, uh, which I haven't talked about. Because not a lot of people tell them that. Yeah. And so, and I'm probably pretty safe to say I'm the only ABK company that probably tells them that. Um, I don't know of a lot who send to a functional neurologist. But you know, we've there there isn't a lot that I know in the area, um, and fortunately, unfortunately, we know who those are. Um, <laughs> but as far as talking about functional neurology and how it fits into your kids' care. I got other episodes I got to do about this, but absolutely. You can, if you start Googling functional neurology or look up the International Association of Functional Neurosciences and Rehabilitation or IAFNR or the American Board of Functional, I'm sorry, the American Board of Chiropractic Neurology, you can find uh, a funk neuro in your area. Um, Whether you are a behavioral therapist, OT, PT, and you're looking for other people to help out your patients. So... Or if you are a licensed professional, um, IAFNR, International Association of Functional Neurosciences <laughs> and Rehabilitation, uh, teaches everyone, which is why we're big on collaboration because I actually learn from behavioral therapists. I learn from psychologists. I learn from DOs. I learn from PTs, OTs. I learn from DCs. I learn from them all mm-hmm. um, as part of my training. So we are taught to uh, start collaborating because it – Unfortunately, these children, as they get diagnosed, your boy diagnosed a couple of years ago is, yes, the same diagnosis, but I will argue your boy will have more health issues than 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, our, our, our children and people in our country, for the most part, are only getting sicker. So it takes a village. Yeah, for sure. It does. And trying to do it alone or say that you can do it alone. Is an old way of thinking. Oh yeah, yeah. It it, it, it makes it easier. Which is why we're excited to start this next week. Yeah, because it's, like it, it's it's going to be a lot, and then we're all there together to be able to formulate even more plans together. Yeah, so. that'll be cool. We'll have, we'll have to have you come back and talk about oh for sure that occur after. So well, then we can maybe bring Nicole. She can tell you like from the franchise point of view. That'd be sweet. Because <laughs> I don't know her whole backstory. I only know some. Yeah, you know, well, we'll we'll send her this so. link. Uh, Nicole, if you're watching or listening, love to have you on. Just talk about her story and, and talk about SOS in general. Mm-hmm. So, all right, everyone. Thanks for watching and listening. Uh, Dr. Alex Nelson here. 
We've got Justin Long out of Lee Summit, Missouri. The Dr. Alex Show is hosted by myself, a nerd, Dr. Alex Nelson. I'm a chiropractor, board certified in functional neurology and childhood neurodevelopmental disorders. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or most any of your other favorite podcast apps. The Dr. Alex Show is a production of Fredcasts. Think, speak, act.